This week on Dig Me Out, Tim and Jay review Comforter by Compulsion. The positives outweighed the negatives. You're creeping me out. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. There might be a, a verse that you like, but there's not a chorus. There might be a chorus that you like, but there's really not a verse. I wish they would have gone a little more abrasive. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dig Me Out. I'm your host, Tim Manichi, and joining me as always, my co-host, Mr. Jason Ziak. Jay, I'm a little under the weather uh, at the start of this recording. All of a sudden got hit with a cold and fever and chills and the and the everything that's bad at once. So I'm hoping I'm going to make it through. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do my my best for our listeners and uh you know if i collapse at any point just take over for me screw that just end it i got a couple cups of hot raspberry tea here and some puffs with aloe now if you don't know folks you should never use facial tissues you did not have aloe in them because they'll dry out your face and you'll get that hard crusty face crusty nose so you get the aloe built into the facial tissue and it's like a little bit of lotion on your face every time you wipe your nose it's great that's creepy yeah you're creeping me out okay well let's move on (laughs) we're gonna get out of the creepy section and we're gonna get into the listener suggestion section and we have a multiple listener suggestion by none other than dirty gird himself david gorgos and frequent suggestor mr norman frazier they suggested we check out a band called compulsion and I felt compelled to do so. We're going to check out their debut album, Comforter. Jay, before we start, were you at all familiar with this band? The album cover looked very familiar, but I had not ever heard them. Was it possibly that you'd seen it in a used bin somewhere as you were flipping through? Yeah. Possibly. I kind of had that same feeling. Like, I kind of know this band, but I don't don't remember the, the sound of it, but that cover looks familiar, so, yeah. I hear you there. So, why don't we just get into the history of the band? History of the band. Compulsion formed in 1990 in Ireland by lead singer, this is one word, Joseph Mary. Entire name, one word. And bassist Sid Rainey. They were originally called the Amazing Colossal Men. They signed to Virgin Records and in... Uh, Then they changed their name. There was actually a lawsuit involved with changing their name. They changed their name to Compulsion. And then they added guitarist Garrett Lee and drummer Jan Willem Alkema. I think that's how you pronounce it. A-L-K-E-M-A. So between 1992 and 1994, they released several EPs. And then they left Virgin and released their debut album, Comforter, in 1994 on One Little Indian... And it was also released in the United States on Interscope. Now, One Little Indian was, I believe, an indie that was pretty popular back in the day. Uh, They were lumped in at the time with a number of other bands that included Elastica, These Animal Men, and Smash. It was called The New Wave of New Wave by the New Music Express. This is just before Oasis and Blur start to blow up which Britpop would then basically eradicate the new wave of new wave from what I read in Wikipedia for all you people out there that are concerned about our Wikipedia reading. Uh, They released their second album 
The Future is Medium in 1996 and then broke up the same year. Now, here's the important part. So I mentioned that their guitarist was named Garrett Lee. Well, his nickname was Jackknife. And if you are familiar with the name Jackknife Lee, you might know that he has now become a world-renowned producer. He's produced U2 albums, the latest album by The Cars, Snow Patrol, Silver Sun Pickups, and he just did the new Taylor Swift record, Red. So Hmm. from Compulsion to Taylor Swift for Jackknife Lee. Wow. Yes. That's very uh, unexpected. It is unexpected. So we got some Facebook feedback on Compulsion. Uh, Surprisingly enough, neither of the people who actually suggested this album weighed in. We did get some feedback from Dimitri Dumitri. He said, just an okay album among so many others for me, very typical of some of the early to mid-90s sound in Great Britain. Reminds me of bands like China Drum and Therapy. Funny how the riff for Basket Case, which was renamed Delivery in the USA, reminds me of Nirvana's Opinion, a song that had not let yeeked, not yet leaked, I don't think, when the song was recorded. And then Matthew Slighthome, I think is how you pronounce it. It's a good album. I preferred The Future is Medium, which we mentioned is their second album. Looking forward to the review. So we have some, uh, we have some middle of the road feedback on this album. Jay. One significant piece of information that I did want to mention, Alan Mulder is credited with uh, production, co-production on this album. Of course, Alan Mulder went on to work with bands such as the Smashing Pumpkins and many, many others. You can Google him for his resume. So, Jay, mm-hmm. neither of us were familiar with Compulsion. Right. Now that you have tasted the music... Will you feel compelled? We feel a compulsion to check out their second album, or <laughs> is this it for you? Well, it's always nice after you spent time listening to a record and make your notes and think about it, and to feel like maybe I'm overcritical or maybe I'm alone and this not you know exactly working for me. But I couldn't agree more with uh, the Facebook feedback that we got. You know, my my short review, if I had to write one. Um, would be this is middle of the road. I mean, this is in every form of the, uh, the definition of that that you could uh, that you could put together. It, it, this band is middle of the road. I mean, you've got some some material at the beginning of this record that sounds a little bit like um, seaweed to me, but it lacks the energy that seaweed has, and it even lacks some of the the melody that seaweed has. So that left me, while I was intrigued with some of that um, in terms of. You know, hey, I, anytime there's a singer with a kind of a raspy voice and, and decent guitar riffs, I'm going to perk up and listen. The problem is, for me, the album doesn't get any better from there. It sort of starts to meander into, I don't know, almost them trying to do like um, shoegaze at times. And there's some mid-tempo stuff that's just like, it just sounds like, um, you know, Nirvana B-sides or something. I mean, there's nothing... There's nothing in terms of energy or emotion or musicianship or even really, really strong songwriting. Um, there's a couple songs that reminded me a little bit of Bob Mould in terms of how they come across. Uh, you know, they're pretty sharp guitar riffs. And there's something about the vocal that was reminiscent of that. But they just don't have the sophistication that he has in terms of how to write a song, how to write a hook, how to write a chorus. 
Um, I'm thinking of track six, Air Raid for the Neighbors, um, and uh, 13, Oh My Fool. Now, and in a lot of cases, this is pretty um, typical. I think of a lot of bands that we've reviewed this year, it seems, where even with some of the songs where there might be a, a verse that you like, but there's not a chorus, and there might be a chorus that you like, but there's really not a verse. And I think this album suffers from that quite a bit. And then there's a bunch of songs that just really go off the reservation, like Dick Dale, Rick and Ricky, which is another. It seems like every time we review an album now, there's like a surf guitar song on it. And then the, the song at the end, Gene Could Be Wrong, which I guess is there's some attempt at a ballad, but it just doesn't work at all. So I, I'm fully on board with the notion that, you know, to me, this just comes across as very the middle of the road, mid 90s, early 90s, alt rock. Where, where, what do you think? I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. And here's where I think that the good songs are really good. I think like Mall Monarchy is a really good song. I think Rape Jacket is a really good song. I really like the opening, which is. Tom's in the bathroom trying to end his life. Sue's in the kitchen hiding all the knives. I just think that that's a really cool opening line to the song, and it just like kind of pulls you in. I think the key to this band is is the lyrics and and the vocal delivery of uh, Joseph Mary. I don't think it works in every song. I think there's, there's, it's overloaded. You're right. The, the surf guitar instrumental song is unnecessary. Um, the last track, Gene Couldn't Be Wrong, they attempt to do like a shoegaze sort of dream, dreamy thing for half the song. It's too long. It doesn't need to be there. When they're up-tempo or when he's got some, some fire in his belly when he's delivering the vocal, mm-hmm. it sounds really good. When he doesn't, then it's then it, then it definitely falls apart. But I, I don't think that this is middle of the road. I think this was this needed an editor, which is ironic because this reminded me reminded me a lot of the editors in terms of his vocal delivery and especially some of the guitar stuff, which is not necessarily the most adventurous. I think they would have been they would have benefited from a really good lead guitar player. In you know you mentioned Nirvana and and it was mentioned in the. Facebook feedback. The other band that this reminds me of is Pixies in terms of the oddball lyrics that go on. Yeah. But they have, you know, you can contrast that with, now I, I brought them up recently when we mentioned Scarfo, Joey Santiago's guitar playing. Mm-hmm. They, that was a band that did it well, that had that cool guitar stuff. Yeah. This band doesn't quite have that no. there. But I don't, it doesn't distract it doesn't distract me enough or doesn't let me down enough that I don't like a lot of the songs. But it misses that element that, that really grabs 
you and it's like wow that's really cool like that really connected that really was unexpected that was really you know uh, conveyed something you know I, I agree the first three songs had me intrigued i like the first three songs i wouldn't i don't feel that they're great we can differ on that i think where we we're sort of on the same page is then after that it's sort of a roller coaster ride of trying coming close to recapturing what they were doing on the first three you know sometimes and then yeah we're really going off the reservation and there's some places that are really unadvised <laughs> um yeah i mean lyrically it, there are some moments where it kind of is unexpected and, and interesting there are there's some some other moments where it seems like your stereotypical self-loathing kind of mid-90s, you know, alt-rock to me. Well, um, But but I'm not going to be overly critical of the lyrics on this. I, I mean, I think there's enough there that, um, you know, it, it's not it's not bad by any means, but it certainly didn't, uh, it wasn't strong enough to really make up for a lot of the other um, shortcomings. Let me address the lyrics. The thing about the lyrics is I don't think he's doing the typical 90s what was me lyrics i think he's he's making observations about life and he's making some wry commentary especially about like middle class life and sort of the defunct dysfunctional relationships that sort of exist behind the curtain sort of thing uh there's a line in uh track 12 domestique bless our little miracles bless the mommies and dads how does Linda Evans deal with life without the shoulder pads? I can deal with periods with help, lots of help from Dr. Dell. Like, there's Linda Evans, I don't know if you remember, Linda Evans, I believe, was on either Dynasty or Dallas. Right. So there's some, like, you know, some social commentary going on. The other one that caught me every time I listened to it, I, I would stop and listen to the line, is in um, Oh My Fool Life, which I, I like the delivery of that song, how he delivers the vocal, the cadence he's using. Yeah. But he yeah. says, I saw a robbery once. I was a witness. Somebody called the police. They said, who did this? And I described them so well in about a minute, the way they looked at me, you think that I did it. You think, you'd think I did it. You know, I just that's just an interesting like little tidbit of a story like i like the fact that he's not you know singing the my girlfriend broke up with me and i'm depressed lines
know, this came out six months after Bush's 16 Stone came out. And if you go back and you look at the lyrics for 16 Stone, mm-hmm. they don't really make any sense. <laughs> there's nothing real. There's not a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early 90s with American audience. You know, this didn't do anything, whereas 16 Stone is obviously a you know multi-million selling album and launched that band into the stratosphere. I, I think this band is a little bit too... Uh, you know, you compared him to Bob Mould and... I think they're a little bit too, a little bit less melodic and a little too abrasive for mm-hmm. the Bob Mold crowd. Oh um, yeah, yeah. In in a lot of ways, I think they would. I wish they would have gone a little more abrasive, like go into more of like a Jesus Lizard end of it, and really get the bass really grindy and really, you know, yep. really get the vocals. But that's what I'm saying. I mean, that yeah. you just define middle of the road. <laughs> it's like I'm listening to Oh My Fool, and it's like, oh, this could be a really really sharp pop song and then the other half of me saying this could be a really interesting almost jawbox ish you know post hardcore song and it's not either it's like in the middle which is like yeah. sometimes I guess you could make that work but it's just really not satisfying I, I get <laughs> and, what and, you're and saying not that I want to put it above not that I want to put them in a you know sort of in a bucket that exists or you know classify them it just didn't quite go as far as i wanted it to in a certain direction i I can see what you're saying i still liked it enough that the positives outweighed the negatives and the Mm -hmm. less quality songs didn't bother me so much because it to outweigh how much i liked the other songs and it really you know this is a band that has a personality lead singer he's not just delivering lines so that makes a huge difference as opposed to a guy who's got no personality and no lyrical, you know, deafness. So what it, this sounds like, I mean, it was, I think, your take on therapy as well. And so uh, what is your thought on, does this work as, as good as the therapy record did? Or how would you compare the two? Cause no, I, I definitely think that the therapy record that we, did, that we covered was, was better. Okay. Uh, I, there's, I can see the comparison that uh, Dimitri was drawing um, in terms of just in terms of song structures and, and, and you know it's got that they had that wry sense of humor well as well with their lyrics and therapy was they, obviously a little more metal influenced where I think this is a little bit more alternative and even like Joy Division punk influenced yeah. uh, so but I could see this as being an influential band to bands that exist now from the UK, which where they were much bigger in the UK than they were in the United States, based on what I read. So yeah, I would take Therapy if it was if I had to choose one or the other. I would definitely take the Therapy record over this one. But I think there's some good stuff here. Okay. If you were gonna go with the album EP single rating. For me, I'm at like eight or nine songs. Wow. So then, yeah. Holy Moses. So you got an album. Yeah, I, I think it needs to be a shorter album. I think if you made this a shorter album, it would it would resonate with you more. I think they they get too abstract with some songs and take some chances that they don't need to be taking. 
And if this was a, th- a nine-song, 30-minute album, 28-minute 20, album, this would be pretty solid. But they indulged themselves, and which was the, you know, yeah, the uh, preference of a lot of bands at that time. So this is what we get. I'm guessing you're at more of an EP. Yeah, I mean, I uh, to be honest, I mean, in, in terms of songs that really I really like, I, I would really want to listen to again. If I was grading in that criteria, I'm probably more at a single. Whoa! Um, but trying to be fair and say, you know, uh, is there enough material on here that other people would find interesting and giving a lot of credit to the lyrics? Um, I think I could come out as an EP, uh, particularly, you know, especially if we're thinking about, you know, it, is it worth a listen? I think these, there's four songs on here in particular that four or five songs that are worth at least listening to and judging for yourself. So tracks one through three, Rape Jacket, Basket Case, Mall Monarchy, and, and Air Raid for the Neighbors and Oh My Full Life. Um, I think if you made an EP of those songs, um, it would be a lot more uh, successful. And this band put out a lot of EPs, so maybe that worked better for them. Maybe when they tried to, maybe when they went to the first album length, yeah, it exposed them as having some some weaker songs and yeah, yeah. That, that, so. I could totally see that because you can see them trying to to uh, branch out a little bit, either vocally or musically with tempos and just different you know songwriting and and it's in those moments where it really just doesn't work at all and then there's some stuff in the middle of that where it's they push a little bit but it's just kind of middle of the road boring for me so yeah they're you know i think there's a lot of bands that we've reviewed where that ends up being the case you know where it's uh 14 14 to 13 songs is a lot to ask from a lot of bands yeah, because a lot of these songs are only two to three minutes. It's just that the the songs that tend to be the least interesting tend to be the longest, like four and a half, five and a half minute yeah. long songs. So yeah. that really like really slows things down. In terms of bands, I mentioned the editors. I think there's a clear connection to the editors where in his vocal delivery, and the editors kind of went like electronic on the last album. But if you listen to that early stuff, they do some lead guitar stuff, but it's it's really kind of chord based, you know four chords and it's all about the vocals with that band um another band that they were kind of reminded me of especially because of his lyrics is uh idlewild hmm. more so like the remote part era i think they've gone a little poppy on their recent albums but again you got it's it's a lyrical bent with that band where they're you know being a little more literate with their lyrics were there any bands that you particularly heard um, you know, nothing that nothing as current as that really. I was more like in the the bands I brought up, plus bands like maybe like Jawbreaker or Hot Water Music, and kind of you know the seaweedish you know kind of bands that were mid to late nineties, early two thousands. Where it's, it's weird that you mentioned seaweed because I really don't like seaweed, and I don't I don't hear seaweed at yeah. all. Well, I just think the I don't know the sort of the guitar the guitar riffs and it's not as abrasive as that at times. And it's also not as melodic as that is at times, but I don't just that really kind of straightforward rock alt rock, but with, you know, a a grittier vocal and, but you know, I I don't know, all those bands have such 
a lot more dynamics to them that this band doesn't have. Um, yeah, and I'm just talking about the, those four or five songs that made sense to me. There's that whole other side of the album that goes in a bunch of different very directions that I think that you, maybe with the editors and some of the bands that you brought up, start to make more sense. That's part of the problem for me. It's like there's like three or four different bands on this record. It's my ear. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, they needed an, a better editor for this for this album uh, in terms of someone to say, hey, you might want to try it to stop or start here, or you might want to like play a lead, yeah. just to just to vary things. But again, I'm still I, I like a lot of the album. You were less so. We can we can be gentlemen and agree to disagree. This won't, <laughs> this won't devolve into mudslinging or. Uh, any sort or of duel. fisticuffs, no duels. We do not demand satisfaction. So, all is well here in, uh, in Dig Me Out land. So, if you liked what you heard on this particular episode, consider heading on over to iTunes and leaving us some positive feedback. We do appreciate it so when you do. And, of course, we have our new listener suggestion format for 2013 up and running. We hope that we are getting, or we hope that we are, um, I don't want to say, I'm going to back, I'm going to start this over here. We'll hope that you check out our page at digmeoutpodcast.com. Check out our new format for the new season coming up next year. We've already got some cool uh, bands in the, in the uh, upper, or what's the, what's the circle that people wait in baseball? The on deck circle. That's what it's called. See, baseball's been off for a week, and I already forgot the terminology. Anyway. I forgot it six years ago when I stopped watching baseball. There you go. (sighs) All right. I made it through, and I only had to blow my nose once. That's pretty awesome. So thank you, Jay, for your fart noise. And we are going to head on out of here. Everybody have a good week. Have a good time all the time. Have a good time all the time, as Viv Savage would say. And we'll see you next week. Or we won't see you, but we will communicate via the audio waves of the internet. <laughs> I'm really tired. My brain is... My, I'm at like 102 degrees right now, so my brain's sort of bubbling at this point. Uh, we'll see you, or we'll talk to you, or we'll inter- interface in some way with you next week on another episode of Dig Me Out. Want to leave feedback? Join the conversation at digmeoutpodcast.com for links to our Facebook page and Twitter feed. While you're there, support the podcast by visiting our donation and merchandise pages. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.